to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, you know, that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCarthy pulling me about folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud of fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Aloha, Penn Nation. You are now listening to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kench, and we have yet another kick-ass show lined up for you guys this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, we're live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And as we do each and every week, we're bringing you guys the best possible show, best possible guests, and some awesome conversations. We are the Fighter's Voice, and I tell you guys all the time, we're all about giving these athletes a platform to speak their minds without bias, without ridicule. And we're also the voice of you guys, the fans. And we greatly appreciate all the love and support, Penn Nation. Keep it up. As I mentioned, tonight's lineup is a great one. Fully stacked. We're going to be a little pressed for time here. So I'm going to try to breeze through the news, and we'll get right into things. But before we talk about tonight's guest list, you guys know it. I tell you, every week, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on the latest and greatest from the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. Lots of breaking news we're covering today, right now, as it unfolds, as a matter of fact. We'll get into that in just a moment. We've got the viral videos, the hot topics, 
awesome interviews like you hear on this show and exclusive content brought to you by Chris Taylor and the rest of our team. Up-to-date coverage, play-by-plays for all the, all the fights each and every weekend. Well, what seems to be each and every weekend, especially for the next few weeks, a couple months rather. And not to mention the technique videos that are dropping every week for you guys. We've actually got a really cool video player now. So while you're on the page, they'll pop up. You scroll your cursor over them, and you'll get the audio. Cool stuff. You can expand it as well. Be on the lookout for that new video player with all of our technique videos that are coming out regularly. BJPenn.com, we're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. And you guys make that possible. We greatly appreciate it. Mahalo to each and every one of you guys, Penn Nation. So tonight's guest list, stacked, stacked show tonight. And again, we're going to have to breeze through some of this. I've got two pre-records tonight, and we're also going to have two live guests, assuming all goes well. First up, one of the winners from the weekend. He was the main event of the prelims, if you will, on Fox Sports 1. Second round. KO, TKO, second round finish of the surging and very popular Irish Joe Duffy, the man who defeated him, our guest tonight, the executioner himself, James Vick. We're going to recap the big win at MSG, and honestly, it seems that this big victory for him, he's finally going to get that push from the promotion, get some top-ranked guys and continue his climb up the rankings towards the belt and eventual title shot with the champion, whoever it may be at that time. He's been pretty vocal this week. I got a lot of great questions for him. He's going to be one of our live guests, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on the line here in just a few minutes, looking about 8.15 with the tech executioner, James Vick. Second guest of the evening, the champ is here. Recorded with him earlier, had a great conversation. Recrowned, newly recrowned bantamweight champ. Beautiful finish over the weekend, UFC 217 in Madison Square Garden. The co-main event, TJ Dillashaw. A lot of bad blood there leading up to this fight. A lot of drama between Team Alpha Male, TJ, and Dwayne Ludwig. Overcame adversity in the fight, was dropped at the end of the first round, came out and finished Cody in the second. Very impressive stuff. Have a great conversation with TJ. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. 9 p.m., third guest of the evening, good friend of the show, coach of TJ Dillashaw. You just heard me mention his name. Of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Bang Ludwig. (laughs) I wrote here in the description, he is the shoeless obsessor of all things combat. You guys will know what I'm talking about when you hear the conversation. But Dwayne doesn't like shoes. So, we're going to talk to him about his star pupil's performance as well. Get his thoughts on the bad blood before and after the fight. Where he stands on all of this. And he, he wanted to mention this. I'll mention it for him though. What was his exact quote? But 
he doesn't want to have any blood, any bad blood towards Team Alpha Male. He says he loves the guys, and he, he wished this all could just be water under the bridge and, uh, and call it a day. Let me tell you what he, what he said exactly. It's like when your kids act up, but you, but you still love them. That's what he's comparing it to. And he wanted to say that in our conversation, but you'll hear that same, that same tone throughout our conversation with Dwayne. Always a great interview with him. And, of course, he's very excited for not only his pupil, but fellow Colorado native and student of one of his coaches, Rose Namajunas, Dwayne's coach being Trevor Whitman, also coaching Rose. Very underrated coach, might I add, especially off of what she did this weekend. Dwayne had a really cool experience on Saturday. So you'll hear all about that, plus much more, of course, what, uh, what the future has in store for his pupil as well. And closing out tonight's show, we're going to go live with him. Hopefully this works out. I was supposed to record with him yesterday. He had a little bit of uh, calamity, if you will, in regards to getting over to the venue for fight week. One of the gentlemen competing this weekend in Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. Sorry about that. UFC fight night 120, taking on Diego Sanchez in his retirement bout. Hurts my soul to say that. The immortal himself, Matt Brown, he'll be closing out tonight's show with us. Lots to discuss with him. Incredible guy. Went on an incredible journey in MMA. He even credits it with uh, saving his life, the sport. So, a lot to discuss with him. And I know all of you felt the same way that I did when this fight got announced with Diego Sanchez. Good golly, Miss Molly. If any fight screams fireworks, it's certainly that one. So there you have it. That's our show for tonight. Coming up in about five minutes, we'll try to get uh, James Vick on the line. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. It's going to be an awesome show. As far as news goes, you heard me mention breaking news. We'll talk about this first. Frankie Edgar is officially out of the title fight with Max Holloway. That's supposed to go down in Detroit. Been a ton of response from other fighters in the division. Cub Swanson, Ricardo Lamas, Jose Aldo. They've all expressed interest in replacing Frankie Edgar. Max himself has has made a statement as well. You can find all of this in depth. The coverage as it unfolds. This is breaking news, BJPenn.com. We've got you covered, guys. What an incredible weekend. I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm riding the high of this. The highs, the lows for each athlete on the card, the devastating finishes, the unbelievable outcomes. Really, really incredible stuff from UFC 217 this weekend. Uh, Let's start with GSP. No ring rust. Goes out there and looks like the GSP of old, the guy that would go out there and try to finish you, not take you down. He was willing to strike with guys. It's like he never left. Turn back time almost. A lot of people are saying he looked a little slow. Maybe that was the case, but he also did pack on a lot of muscle for this fight. Um, I've got to say, <laughs> it was nice to see the Superman punch being used a lot again in a fight. And not only did GSP 
land land a clean Superman punch that, that seemed to hurt Bisping at one point. I, I forget the round. But that combo, left Superman punch to right leg kick, that truly is a thing of beauty. And nobody can do it like GSP can. He put all the doubters on notice, became the fourth man, alongside Conor McGregor, Randy Couture, our very own BJ Penn, became the fourth man to hold two titles and two weight classes, hold titles and two weight classes, rather. Amazing, amazing stuff. However, the speculation has begun what's going to be next for GSP. He'll be on the MMA Hour tomorrow with a the, with the special edition of the MMA Hour. I know there's going to be a lot of news generated from that. There's also going to be a conference call with GSP as well. I think he drops down to Flight Woodley. As you've seen in the news this week, Freddie Roach has said he doesn't believe that GSP is big enough for 185. He didn't like how he looked. But regardless, amazing stuff from GSP. And it's cool to see a guy that doesn't talk trash, goes out there and fights, a legend of the sport, coming back, winning in that fashion. Really cool stuff in mixed martial arts right now. One of our guests tonight, TJ Dillashaw, looked phenomenal, regained that title, overcame adversity, as I had mentioned. You're going to hear a lot more about that fight here in just a bit, as well with uh, his coach, Dwayne Ludwig. And in arguably the most shocking moment of the night, for me especially, Thug Rose Nama Yunez dethrows the queen, Ioana Jacek, becomes the champ, and her post-fight speech was amazing as well. Such a lovable personality. She's got the skill set to match that. I have no doubt she could be a huge star in the sport. And and I do truly hope that that happens for her. Um, you know, what she said in her post-fight speech, um, enough with the hate. Let's, let's bring back some love in this sport. Incredible stuff. Hats off to Rose. I mean, unbelievable. And then that photo of her with her grown from seed tomato that she was so excited about when she got back home. I know everybody's saying, was she more happy about this tomato or her belt? Who knows? But she's really lovable character in this sport. And it is a sport all about characters. Great stuff from her. Big shout out to our boy Gamebred Jorge Masvidal. Didn't get the win over Wonder Boy, but he fought his ass off. Did his best. Landed some really nice shots. Keep your head up, Gamebred. We're with you, brother. And I have no doubt that you will be back. Uh, and that was just the main card. And I'm even missing a fight from the main card. The prelims were awesome. One of our guests tonight, obviously, James Vick, as I had mentioned. Big win over Joe Duffy. So there's a ton of news, guys. Lots of stuff I could discuss, but for sake of time, we got to keep things rolling here. I do have to get in four guests, four time slots, and I'm only allotted two hours here, so... We're going to jump right into things. I'm going to try to get our friend James Vick on the line here. But for all the breaking news from this week, you guys know where to go. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Everything you crave from the sport you love, BJPenn.com. We've got you covered, guys and gals. So give us a moment here. Coming up next, our good friend James Vick, BJ Penn Radio.
All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the many big winners from UFC 217 this weekend, the Texecutioner himself, James Vick. James, what's going on, man? You're back in Texas now, right? Yes, sir. Back home in the great state of Texas, finally. Um, <laughs> just, it's great to be home. First time I've been home in about seven and a half, eight weeks. Really? So, actually, you know what? As a matter of fact, I saw you post something. You, uh, you were very happy to be back home in your own bed. Is that correct? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, nothing like your own, you know, you're sleeping in your own bed. And then my, my girl, when I was gone, she she bought uh, a new pillow top for it and a bunch of new pillows and stuff. So it actually feels even more comfortable than usual. So it was <laughs> definitely a, a sign of relief. Awesome, man. All right, so obviously much to discuss, but first, man, are you getting nervous about this gender reveal of your first child? Um, no, I'm not nervous because in my mind, I've already spoke a boy into existence. I've been, it's just like I visualized winning my fight Saturday. I visualized having a boy and, and uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to do like some kind of kick. Uh, my Taekwondo coach is going to hold something up in the air and I'm going to, I'm going to kick it and it's going to show and I visualized it, it's showing blue. The, the blue powder in me telling everyone I already told y'all. Told you. So that, awesome. I'm not nervous yet. That That's a pretty cool way to do a gender reveal, too. Add the martial arts into there. Um, so, listen, man, knowing that you're fighting for a family of three now, you sure made the most of it over the weekend. And from what you've said in interviews this week, uh, it all seems it seems like all the pieces are finally falling into place for you. Does this feel like the most important win of your career? And, you know, the big win that, that finally – might be the next big step towards your goals as an athlete. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels, it definitely feels like a big deal because the the the, mag, the event I was on, you know, this was the biggest pay per view of the year, and Joe Duffy, the opponent, you know, he wasn't a ranked guy, but he was the next best thing that I could have gotten if if you can't get a ranked guy, and he had a name behind him, and I was the first guy that you know to beat to to finish to knock him out in in eighteen fights. 18 pro fights he's had, I was the first person to finish him. So it, it definitely has been a big deal for me, and, and the publicity has been huge for it so far. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned his following there. That was something I wanted to talk about in a minute. But give us your thoughts on the fight, your performance. Was there anything that you would have done differently looking back on it now? Looking back on it now, I'm, I probably would have started a little bit quicker because – I think potentially maybe I gave up the first round. And I don't lose very many rounds in fights. You know, it was a close. It was a close first round, but I think maybe I was thinking maybe the takedown he got maybe stole him the round. But you know, I was only on the ground for like five seconds and I got up. So, and I felt like I did more damage because he he already after the first round he already had two cuts on his eyes. Uh, he had two different cuts on, on one of his eyes. And I felt like I did the, the majority of the damage, but I didn't feel like I still didn't feel like I did enough to, you know, to decisively win the round. And it could have went either way. And I, you know, I don't like losing rounds. I, I you know, I'm competitive. I want to win every round, and I, I rarely do lose a round. So I would have started a little bit quicker. Besides that, you know, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, besides that, you can't really critique much else, man. Very impressive finish right at the end of the round. Not only a win. Great win over a guy with a big following, as you mentioned, but you beat a guy who holds a win over the champ and, you know, did it in the most famous arena in the world. You cut a great promo after the fight as well. I mean, it really looks to me like the perfect storm is finally taking shape for you, man. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the best case scenario for sure. Like I said, I still would have 
even if it was a less name name ranked guy, name popularity guy, I still would have liked to have a ranked opponent. But I feel like I I worked with what I had and I did the best I could. And I, there's nothing else I can do. I mean, that's the, my third my third highlight real finish in a row. I mean, I can't I can't do any more than what I'm doing. And I am getting yeah. on there. You know, last time I got on there and I called the UFC for not, for not promoting me, called them out, and they started doing their part. And then and I'm calling these guys that won't fight me. And, and they won't fight me, and, they're, and they are turning down fights and um, with me, and they can deny it all they want. But, I mean, I have proof uh, 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 that, that some of these guys are turning down fights. I have text messages from matchmakers with these guys that don't want to fight me. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? You know. So, But I feel like I'm doing the best I can with what, what hand I'm being dealt, for sure. Well, we've talked about it many times in our discussions, but I think that eventually it's going to be undeniable, and these guys are going to have to fight you. But you called out the winner of Poirier and Pettis and, and mentioned this week that the UFC brass wanted to sit down with you and discuss what's next. Has there been any more developments on that? Um, no, just uh, a couple of days ago when I was, I was in the uh, Errol Hawani uh, uh, back, back room, you know, waiting to, waiting to go on live with him in the studio, I got a text from Sean Shelby, and he was like, hey, you know, just wanted to touch base with you. Uh, I want to. I'm going to hit you up next week, and we're going to have a talk after this Norfolk card about about what's what, what's in the future for you. And I was like, you know, yes, sir. I appreciate it. Um, uh, uh, it sounds good. And he was like, I appreciate you. And then that was pretty much the end of the conversation. So I'm just waiting until after Virginia, and we're going to see. So it sounds like you're likely going to be in talks to to get the winner, or at least potentially get that fight uh, or something bigger, right? Yeah, here's the, the thing I'm worried about is I I, I kind of think uh, Poirier is going to win, and Poirier is not going to take the fight with me after he just beat a former world champion. In his mind, he beat in his mind he beat Eddie Alvarez, and, and he did beat Eddie Alvarez. You know, he should have won that fight, and um uh and now he's going to beat another former world champion. So in his mind, you know, these I, here's the thing: these guys are mid mid thirty year old journeymen. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're Poirier. I've never disrespected this man. I've never been, talked bad about him. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be that guy, but he knows what I, I, I'm in a high risk, uh, low reward situation for him. I'm the highest risk he could take. I'm a six foot three lightweight. He can finish these people anywhere. And I'm better than them pretty much everywhere. And, um, my name is not a value of Anthony Pettis. So I understand why would he fight me over Anthony. At the end of the day, y'all are given a chance, so you need to give someone else a chance. You know, every one of every one of them are where they're at because they were given a chance at one point in their career. So they need to, they need to return that favor. I'm not, you know, I, I just want a chance. And I just don't think, I don't think I'm worried that either one of them really won't fight me. I really am. And I, I just, the only way I see me getting the main event spot I want in 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 Austin, Texas in February is the UFC just the UFC just moving me into the rankings on my own and me getting ranked um and then the UFC having to strong arm someone to take a fight with me because they ain't going to voluntarily take the fight with me. So Well, um, I know this is I know this has been a topic of conversation, you know, between you and I and and, and all of your interviews and post fight uh interviews is that guys are ducking you you know, but but I think with a push from the company, you know, lightweights are going to have to take a fight with you. Would you agree, or, or do you really still expect them to to duck you, even though you're becoming a bigger and bigger name in the division? 
I honest to God, I mean, it sounds it sounds cocky, but I do. And here's the thing: I'm not I'm not delusional. I'm not I'm not saying that these guys are afraid of me, James Vick, the individual of the fighter as a as a whole. They're afraid of of six foot three, unranked lightweight that's better than them and has a and has a great chance to beat them. And they know that they're afraid of what losing to someone like me could do to their career. They're not afraid of fighting James Vick. They're afraid of losing to James Vick and and, and um, uh, uh, losing everything they've worked their ass off for because they know there's a high possibility I'm going to beat them. You know, and, 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 and I understand that. And um, I, I'm not saying all lightweights are afraid. There's plenty of guys that are not ranked that would take fights to me because it's a come up for them. You know, of course the number 30 ranked guy would want to fight me because it's it's a it's a win win. If he loses, he loses to a guy ranked higher than him. If he wins, he just he moves up. You know, it's just to get a top 10 guy or something to fight me. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, I still think even even if they rank me today, they rank me number ten in the world. It's still gonna be fucking it, it, harder to, to match me up with a top ten guy than any well, any other guy in the division. Well, I, I know you've uh, you've said this said this a lot, and I agree with you that that right now you're a high risk, low reward for for a top ten guy, and I, I know that that's part of it. But obviously, as you've said many times, you feel like you're a very tough matchup for anybody at one fifty five, and I completely agree with you. That being said, though, style, style versus style, skill versus skill, give us your thoughts on a potential matchup with both Poirier and Pettis, depending on who the winner is, if you are to get that fight. I, I win both of those fights, and I win, I win them handedly. Um, uh, I, 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 here's this one, another thing people get is I, I, I've, knocked th- I've stopped three people in a row, highlight reel three people in a row, but I, I, I'm one of the best decision fighters you have. I'm a six-foot-three mover. I can move. I'm knocking people out now because – not because I've developed some great knockout power that I never had before. It's because I'm setting my feet and actually throwing. Before, if I want to just outpoint these guys and move, I can outpoint every one of these guys and move, and and not even take any damage doing it. Just just moving my feet and, and outpoint them. And um, uh, the thing is, is is with 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 Pettis, I would break Pettis. Um, he he's been broke multiple times. All his fights he's lost, he's been broke. Um, uh, Max Holloway broke him. It's like he don't have the heart to be a fighter anymore. It's almost like he's coming in for a damn paycheck now, and he don't have the heart to be a fighter. And I would totally, I would break the dude, and I would win that fight easily. Whether I finish him or not, uh, you know, I don't know, but I would win that fight handily, probably every round. Four years, same thing. I, if I say four years, got got a, a you know a, a, a decent overhand left, a, a, a prayer of landing something big on me, but he's not gonna out. They're not. None of these guys are gonna outpoint me. I, he's not gonna. They can't. None of them throw volume with me. They're not long enough. They're not. Um, uh, the only chance they have is to land some big prayer and, and pray to God that I get hurt and I'm not able to recover, just like just like Gary used to. Because they're not gonna win a decision against me. And then they can't. None of them take me down to hold me down. My ground game is better than all theirs anyway. And um, uh, I just think that um, I'm not even trying to sound cocky or, or arrogant or whatever. But I'm just I'm, I'm literally one of the most well-rounded fighters in the whole organization, and I, and I'm also one of the biggest, and I also have the best condition. You know, I can I mean I can run a mile in almost five minutes. You know, and I'm, and that's not even running all the time or doing training. Like I, I'm just a cardio machine. I can throw a hundred punches around, and and I just have too many ways to beat these guys, and I have no other other focus. All I do is fight. I train twice uh, twice a day year-round, uh, uh, five days a week all all year. Yeah, I know it, man. I mean, we've discussed this a lot. You are you are a very tough matchup, and um, I mean, I think a lot of guys know that. And as we discussed, high risk, you know, low reward. But 
You also mentioned Tony Ferguson this week and compared your fights with, you know, both of your fights with Abel Trujillo. Um, and you talked about interest in, in Gaethje and Kevin Lee. What's the ideal course of events for you leading to this title next year? The winner of Poirier Pettis, then maybe Gaethje or Lee, then the title? Yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, as it, 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 little fights as possible. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 years old. My goal is to be a world champion. I'm not, I mean, how many, how many Joe Duffy's do I have to beat? You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I mean, could I, could I keep being – I mean, don't get me wrong. In my opinion, Joe Duffy is, is, is a top 15 fighter. He, he, you know, I, I really believe that he could beat a lot of the guys in the top 15. And um, uh, I, if I was 25, I'd keep collecting paychecks and just fighting as much as possible and beating guys like Joe Duffy. But I'm 30 years old, and my goal is to be a world champion, and I, and I need opportunity. Every one of these guys got opportunity. Kevin Lee is a joke, man. He's sitting there. You know, I've always been cool with this dude. I've never, been, you know, been super disrespectful. I've called him out and said I wanted to fight him, but I didn't do it in a rude way. The dude goes in the MMA out of line saying, well, he saw me at a Broadway show and was talking shit to me. I saw him at the Broadway show. I was sitting above him. I looked down and saw him, and I said it. I said, Kevin Lee, what's up? Just like bullshitting, because I've always been cool with the dude. I rode, rode in the van with him, I, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to interviews and stuff with the UFC. And it's just business. It's not. It's not personal. It's just business. And then the dude t- says all that shit. The dude turned down a fight with me uh, over a year ago when I when I was supposed to fight Evan Dunham the first time. Kevin Lee turned down a fight with me after Evan Dunham pulled out. And I have text messages from from Joe Silva proving that his camp turned down the fight with me. And now he's acting like, oh, I don't want to learn his Christmas, and I'm not going to get you. He beat one top ten guy and got a title shot. That, and that's what happened. He literally beat one top ten guy and he got a world title shot. And I'm not hating on Kevin Lee's hustle. He he made it. He got a title shot and props to him. But somebody gave you a chance, so you need to give somebody a chance. You know, these guys need to give somebody a chance. And, and I mean, it, it, sucks, it sucks because you don't have all these people like uh, like Donald Cerrone that's any, fight anybody anywhere, anytime. And he gave Darren Till opportunity, and Darren Till was able to capitalize. Kevin Lee and these guys ain't like that. They, they, they ain't taking fights anywhere, anytime with anybody. They're trying to hold out for more money, and that's a cool business strategy. But at the end of the day, um, you got to give people chances because you were given a chance. I agree with you 100. percent That's that seems to be what you would hope would be an uncommon, you know, unspoken law in this sport is once a guy's earned his, you you, you got to fight him and give it his, give him his opportunity to climb the ranks. But you know, speaking of climbing the ranks, I I know you're not a fan of them. A lot of us aren't. Um, do you think you'll be able to climb the ranks and put yourself into title contention with just two or three big wins? I, if I can get a big person, a, a, a big top top guy to fight me, I, I will because I'm not going to lose. I'm going to keep winning, and um and I know that I'm ready. My skill set is at an all time high. I'm I'm the tallest guy in the division. I'm I'm one of the most well rounded guys in the whole UFC. I know right now I'm ready, and I, I could whip in with all my heart. I honest to God, with all my heart, believe I could beat Tony Ferguson's ass right now if I fought him. I could whip Justin Gacy's ass right now if I fought these guys. They were given opportunities, and they made the best of them. You know, and I'm not like I said, I'm not hating on these guys. There's a big enough pie. I just want my fucking piece, and I want a chance. Um, uh, Tony Ferguson fought Abel Trujillo and got dropped twice and taken down three times, and I fucking smoked this dude, and he landed five punches on me the whole fight. Um, you can't, you know, uh, Joe Duffy beats Conor McGregor, you know, seven years ago or whatever, you know, I saw obviously people progress. So I'm not really counting that as anything big, but, but I knocked the guy out the first time anybody's ever knocked him out in his whole MMA career in 18 professional fights. These to say that I'm not ready for a top guy is, is they're just trying to duck me is exactly what it is. And I know well, I it's, lu- him. it's ludicrous. Gaethje, it's ludicrous. Justin, Justin Gaethje comes in and beats, beats one top 10 guy 
that one guy in the UFC that has lost four out of his last five, and now all of a sudden you're the best fighter in the world when every other guy you fought outside of this organization wouldn't even be ranked in the top 40. And all of a sudden yeah. you're the best fighter in the world, and I'm not worthy to fight you? What a fucking joke, man. Nah, I know it. I know it. I know, and I know you discussed a lot of this, a lot of this earlier this week, but um, like I've said, man, I think that you're at this turning point now, and uh, you should finally be getting the fights that you deserve going forward. And listen, dude, you've been more than generous with your time. I got a lot of guests tonight. I do have to keep it moving. But um, in conclusion, what's your official message to the division? And tell everybody why you know in your heart that you're going to be champion in 2018. Um, you know, my message is simple. You know, um, uh, quit, don't be scared. Quit, t- uh, quit turning down fights and step up and take the fight. You want to get paid. You know, a lot of you guys want to get paid uh, big fights. Well, every every big fighter is not available and doesn't have a date to fight. Or they're already booked, so you got to take a chance to fight someone else. So you, you might as well give me a chance or even give someone else a chance. I mean, I'm not even hating. There's other people that deserve a chance as well. Give, give people a chance just like you received a chance. And I know in my heart and my head that I'm going to be a world champion. If it wasn't my destiny to become a world champion, God wouldn't have put it in my heart so strongly. So, so I know without a doubt in my mind, I'm, I'm already, I'm already gonna, about to be back in the gym tonight. I'm already training. Uh, uh, gonna, I'm about to train in just a minute. I, I, I'm already, I'm here year round. I'm training twice a day and I'm coming for all you motherfuckers. <laughs> all right, man. I love it. Listen, congratulations on the, on the new addition to the family coming very soon. I hope that when you throw that kick, you do see some blue and it is a boy. Um, before we let you go, man, any shout outs you'd like to get in? Yeah. I just want to thank all my team, you know, all my team, team little urban, my management, KO reps, all my teams I train with around here. Um, in Texas, Ironside MMA, um, I started year two, Coach Yusuf, Coach Cecina, my box coach Jared Camp, Coach uh, Coach Kendrick, just everyone, uh, all, all, Master Lloyd Irvin, my, just my whole team, and all my teams that I train with, and all, all the years I've been training, I really appreciate everything, guys. All right, always a pleasure, James. We hope to see a big fight get booked for you in the very near future, and uh, we'll have to catch up again when that does happen. Again, best of luck with the family and the new addition to the family. And uh, have a great night, man. Go kick some ass in the gym. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right, Penn Nation. There you have it. James Vick, always fired up. Wants what's his. Quite frankly, I think he's earned it. It's about time that he gets a top 15, a top 10 guy. And I agree with him. I mean, you, you have to agree with him if you've watched him fight and you see his frame. He's a very tough matchup for all the guys at 155. Um, awesome conversation with him. I know you heard a little bit about a, a little bit of what he said uh, earlier in the week on Helwani's show, but um, that's how the guy feels. It is what it is. Give him a rank guy. Give him a big fight. Couldn't agree more. So we're going to keep it moving for sake of time. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Kinch. Coming up next. The undisputed, newly crowned, recrowned, bantamweight champ. The champ is here, TJ Dillashaw. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the newly recrowned bantamweight king, one of the top pound-for-pound athletes competing in mixed martial arts today. Of course, I'm talking about TJ Dillashaw. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, TJ. Have you made it back home yet, or are you, are you uh, still in New York? No, I have. I just made it home last night, 
we stayed in the city a little extra to uh, celebrate my mom's birthday um, and everyone for coming out and supporting me. Just kind of hung out a little bit and checked out the city. Very cool, very cool. So first things first, man, you know, congratulations on the soon-to-be addition to the family. How excited are you about becoming a father, and do you know if you're having a girl or a boy? Oh, man, super excited. We've been uh, we've been waiting for this day. So it's, me and my wife have been trying for a little while now and for it all to happen. And the way it's gone down, it's been perfect timing. You know, we got we got seven weeks now until uh, baby Bronson Jack Dillashaw is born. So he's a baby boy, we have found out. Bronson Jack Dillashaw. What a sweet name, dude. Ah, uh, thanks, brother. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, we... We always hear about how much life changes for an athlete after having a child, you know, fighting to support a family and the importance of winning to do so. I mean, winning is obviously important uh, without having a family, but even more so once you do have a family. Did you start to feel that added pressure going into this fight at UFC 217? No, I wouldn't say any added pressure, no. You know, um, you definitely, uh, it it reminds you, though, that there's bigger things to life than, than fighting. You know, like uh, actually starting your family and and creating that and creating your own legacy so that you can be remembered, you know, by your son, not only by, you know, your fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there was a lot riding on this fight for you, regaining the title, silencing the critics, silencing the critics, and of course, all the drama with Cody and Team Alpha Male. Where does this win rank for you? Excuse me. Where does this win rank for you in regards to importance? and finally putting this beef with Cody in the past for yourself? You know, it'd have to be my, my second best win. You know, nothing will ever replace the time I beat Burrell the, the first time. You know, going to that fight as such a big underdog and surprising everyone and obviously just winning the belt and changing your life forever. You know, you can't – I'll never be able to top that. For sure, for sure. So let's talk about your performance. Uh, your your coach and close friend, Dwayne Ludwig, he's a regular on the show actually going to be speaking with him uh, after I, after I hang up with you but he said he, yeah he he said he had no doubt that you would finish Cody we talked about distance playing a factor of course uh, with the kicks and everything walk us through the game plan for this fight and were you satisfied with your execution yeah man i was definitely satisfied with the execution um you know i uh let caution go a little bit there the last 10 seconds of that first round you know that first round was uh very close and i knew that and with me being on the 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 losing end of some very close decisions, which, you know, I, I just never wanted to go out that way again, you know. So those last 10 seconds, I kind of tried pushing the pace. And I got I got a little overly aggressive because I want to make sure to win the round. And, you know, I, I came into Cody's right hand. You know, I threw a straight right, um, hands were up and everything, but he just did perfect, man. I mean, I took his hardest punch. He, he split it. He got his head outside. He threw that overhand right, um, and it landed on the button. You know, but uh, I took his best shot and kept coming. Um, you know, ultimately the game plan was to to stay long on him. You know, he's a counter fighter. I wanted to try to get him to come forward, but he wasn't having it. You know, I mean, I'm one of those guys that never likes to have a boring fight, and uh, he's a counter fighter, so he'll sit back and wait for you to come in. So you know, I was trying to to not engage too much, but you know, that entire first round, I was kind of cutting him off and chasing him all over the ring. Um, you know, but the plan was to stay long, use some push kicks on the middle. He stands real square. Um, you know, kick the legs. He's got real skinny legs. Kick his legs, kick his body, and, and keep using that to uh, lower his hands even lower than they already are. He holds his hands kind of at shoulder level and throws wild hooks and counters, you know. Um, 
So the plan was to, to kick him low so that eventually drop his hands higher and get him to forget about that head kick because I know that him and Team Alpha Male were uh, definitely planning for that that head kick that was coming. You know, they know that when I turned softball, I was throwing it, throwing it on him in the room, and so they were expecting that to come. But, you know, that's the perk of being able to switch up your game and be able to, to do everything, you know. So uh, kind of waiting for him to counter and then counter the counter, you know. Find those openings. He, Like I said, he likes to drop his hands a lot. Even when he's throwing his punches, he throws them fast and hard, but he always drops his opposite hand. He never stays tight. You know, his chin's always up, and uh, and exposes himself to uh, punches himself, even though he's the the power hitter and he's fast. Take advantage of the the openings and stay long, which is how the fight got finished. You know, I stayed long on it. I stayed long on that right hook, knowing that he was planning on throwing uh, his own right and uh, beat him to the punch. So it sounds like you were trying to find that happy balance in the first round between uh, pushing the pace and, and not letting him set back and get comfortable countering. Is that correct? Absolutely, man. They know that I'm an aggressive fighter. They want to try to sit back and take advantage of that and try to get uh, me to play Cody's game, you know, get me to get aggressive and uh, chase him around the ring and let him try to land that fast right hand. Well, I know that uh, earlier in the week you talked about getting too aggressive at the end of the first round, and, and that's what led to Cody catching you with that shot that dropped you. But you also mentioned that the trash talk from his corner helped you reset and go into the second round with a clear head. What was Dwayne telling you in the corner, and what was going through your mind at that point? Well, Dwayne, Dwayne and my corner are the ones that really like kind of cleared, cleared my head from everything. You know, I was just able to pick up on what they were saying. They... Not only was their camp trying to get me aggressive and piss me off the entire fight camp, but they were also doing it during the doing it during the fight. You know, even during round one, they were trying to talk shit. Um, in between the round, when I was going to walk back to my corner, I hear uh, Danny Castillo and Bob yelling, "We got your fucking number, Dillashaw. We got your number." Kind of like, "All right, guys. All right." I came a little, give him a little head 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 nod, like, "All right, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can you can take that round, but." trust me, I'm coming back out, you know, like, that's just a killer instinct to me, I knew that, you know, that was just one of those things, I was like, all right, we gotta get that one back, you know, and I think you can kind of tell when I came back out, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't dancing as much, you know, I was like, all right, I gotta get that round back, I gotta come at you, and, you know, that's what, that's what led to me pushing the pace and, and breaking them, you know. Well, was it even more so satisfying knowing that, that they knew you were gonna go for that head kick? I mean, they had even talked about it, that, uh, you know, you were probably gonna work the legs and try to come up over the top when he's expecting the leg kick. I mean, was it at all at all more satisfying to know that you landed that shot that they were looking for the whole time? I guess so. You know, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's something that they even thought they were going to try to capitalize on me, and uh, I was still able to take advantage of it. So, yeah, I mean, it shows that the things I do good, I can land them on anybody. For sure, for sure. Now, the hook that landed uh, that led to the finish, that was very, very clean. You've always carried a lot of power from both stances, but considering it was a punch that really did him in towards the end of the fight, tell us about working with uh, Lomachenko, man. How much uh, work did you get to put in with him for this camp, and how much has training with him elevated your overall game? Man, Lomachenko has been um, awesome. You know, he's very welcoming. Um, I didn't get to work with him as much as I wanted to. Our fight camps have always been a little bit staggered, and so I got to go and do some sparring with him. I was completely out of shape. You know, he fights, he goes back home, and then he comes back out, which he's actually back down in Southern California now. So I'm looking to get right back after it soon so I can take advantage of maybe maybe getting some work in with him if I'm down there. But uh, not only working with him, but working with a, a lot of boxers that helped me out with this camp, you know. 
kind of wanted to play that that distance control. I know and that Cody wanted to stay in tight like like most boxers like to, you know. Um, so I worked with um, Lomachenko. I got to work with Terrence Crawford in his camp down in Colorado Springs. And I also was going out to Palm Springs and working with Joel Diaz's camp and Cub Swanson and those guys out there. So I actually got to go with a lot of great boxers and uh, prove that my, that my stand-up is uh, – is legit, man. I got to work with some high-tech level boxers, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I love the sport, and uh, it's something that I love to do. Yeah, you mentioned Cub Swanson there. I, I'd seen on your social media you were putting in a lot of work with him. Uh, tell us about training with him and that relationship you guys are building. Yeah, just a relationship that, created, that was created organically. Um, I went down to Southern California and started up my own my own fight team called the Training Lab. And uh, Juan Archuleta is one of my main training partners, and uh, he's real good friends with Cub Swanson. Been friends with him for a while, and I was training with him. So he's been in Cub's ear talking about this team we're starting, and he just started coming out and checking it out and working with our strength conditioning coach. And you know, one thing led to the next. He's doing all his practices out there, and uh, it's been it's been awesome to have him around. You know, not only as an athlete and how good he is, but he's a real good person. He's, he's just started his own family, and uh, you know, I got a lot to learn from the guy. You mentioned uh, Archuleta there. Uh, probably the top prospect outside of the UFC. I know. I think he's got another fight on his contract, but uh, he would no doubt be an incredible addition to the UFC. I'm sure you would agree and, and uh, would agree that he's going to have some great success going forward in his career. Absolutely, man. The guy's a killer. He holds four belts at King of the Cage at four different weight classes. You know, he's a workhorse. He's uh, only been fighting for three years, and he's 17-1. and one. I mean, the guy's... Uh, I've never seen anybody work as hard as he does, and uh, he's made... He was already really good, and then just the last four, five, six months of me being down in Southern California with him, the gains that he's made in his striking have been insane. And so it's really nice to see him uh, be become very well-rounded and uh, going to start putting it on some people. Sure. And he'll be in the UFC in no time. I agree, I agree. And once he comes, it's going to be a great addition. Everybody that doesn't know should take a, you know, take point of it now. But getting back to your performance, you know, Dwayne had talked quite a bit on this show about – you know, focusing on yourselves and, and taking the high road when it comes to all the bad blood and the experience um, <clears throat> coaching tough against Cody. I'm sure you guys are both looking forward now and won't dwell on this drama, but are you at all bothered by their unwillingness to, to drop it after the fight? Yeah, I, I expected it to be a lot less, that's for sure. I expected the the drama to go by, you know. Um, they're, uh, they're poor winners and poor losers, you know, unfortunately. Um and I know those guys, man. It's 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 kind of crazy to see them acting the way they have been. You know, I mean, I, I used to see them in a completely different light when I was there. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it's real unfortunate. You know, um, me and Dwayne are going to continue just to control what we can control, um, and not look into anything else. You know, really, it's going to continue to get better. Look for these big fights, and uh, keep taking over the world. Yeah, that's that's something he said time and time again. Focus on what we can control and. Uh, no doubt you guys are, are quite the team, and, and the the future is very bright for both of you. But uh, Dwayne had also uh, said along, said something along the lines of, you know, they should release the video, just stop talking about it. This was all leading up to the fight. Obviously, they did it fight week. You had mentioned on Helwani's show that the video doesn't really tell the entire story. And I think that most of us that watch it assumed that you got right back up. Otherwise, the clip uh, would have been longer. Did you did did the video release add fuel to the fire, or did you just kind of shrug it off at that point? No, I kind of shrugged it off. You know, um, I was expecting some sort of drama fight week. You know, obviously 
with the press conference and wins, that was to be expected. But I also expected them to take it to a whole nother level. You know, they were really trying to get under my skin. They wanted me to fight angry, you know. And so I expected something. I didn't know if it was going to be the fight film or whatever, you know. Um, I didn't think they had post that because really it would just show that he'd been lying, you know. But, yeah. you know, it, he did catch me, caught me with the right hand, you know. But it shows that, I mean, if they would have kept playing the video, it shows me get up. And like the psychopath I am, I yell in his face, and we continue to brawl. But uh, you know, it, it was a smart play by them. Yeah. Again, I mean, everybody that watched it, the majority of the people on on our team, uh, once it started circling around, we all said, "Well, considering that the clips cuts as soon as you get dropped, my guess is is that you got back up and you weren't actually knocked out." So again, water under the bridge. Just something I had to it ask was just, about. It was just such such great quality footage too. <laughs> You know, what? You know, like it was, it was awesome. <laughs> one of the one of the guys from our team said it looked like it was shot through the lid of a Pringles can. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's good. <laughs> good enough. Yeah, man. Right? I mean, that's one of those things, though, too, man. It's like that's practice. You know what I mean? Like things that you, everyone's got good days, everyone's got bad days. You know, there's tons of of sparring footage from the six years me being there with every single fighter there of having a good day and a bad day. That's how you get better. You know, if you don't. If you don't have those those situations and you don't get better from them, you're not going to be where I'm at. You know, you got to take your licks and you got to learn from them, and you got to have guys that are going to push you. You know, that's why I'm building my own team and bringing in world class athletes because you need guys. Trust me, this last camp too. You know, I had my days where, you know, I'm not putting everything together. You know, that happens, and then you go home and you say like, all right, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't do this. You write it down in your notebook and then you freaking fix it the next day. You know, and so for those guys to be as immature as they are and release that footage, it just shows even more so that I've been saying all the time they're true colors. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like I said, for I know Dwayne and you, you were both uh, maintaining, you know, just release it, just release it. So, obviously, you guys knew the whole story, and they were just trying to pump up and, and hype up the fight a bit more. But what was your reaction to Uriah saying this week that he would come out of retirement to fight you? I mean, <laughs> does, does that sound like sour grapes to you or what? That's hilarious, man. It sounds like the uh, the easiest payday ever. I mean, it's it's just it's just comical. I mean, you come out of retirement and get a title shot off of what losing to Jimmy Rivera and looking like crap in his fights. I mean, that's hilarious. But like I said, it'd be an easy payday. So why should I? I guess I shouldn't be laughing at. It. I, sh- I should be. I should be pumping him up. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward now. We all know that you guys want the fight with Mighty Mouse. Dwayne loves the matchup. The UFC seems to be on board. And it also seems from what you said earlier this week that Demetrius is on board uh, now as well. Give us your thoughts on that matchup stylistically, and do you feel like it's inevitably going to happen in 2018? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, that's the fight that needs to happen, has to happen. I mean, it's got uh, it's got fireworks written all over it, you know. I mean, I've always said I want to be the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, and that's where he's at. Said my goal's high. I'm, I'm chasing him down, you know, um, as well as him already denying the fight and and proven to be afraid of the fight, you know. He was, he was he was making all these other excuses, and then one of his excuses was that I need to be a champion. Well, guess what? That's done. You know what I mean? You have no more excuses. It's it's time to get this thing on um, and, and prove who the best is. You know, I can make the weight class um, very, very well, and uh, I think I'm going to be very strong and, and, and too much for him, and he knows it. And it's going to be a great night for me to be uh, – the new best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Well, that, that that was my next question. Segways into it perfectly. I know Dwayne has said that you can make the weight, and clearly you know you can as well, but 
how much of a lifestyle and a diet change would you have to make to ensure that you don't get in there and have any detrimental effects from the cut? Big time. It's, it's a big time lifestyle change, but the cool thing about it is that I've already done that lifestyle change now. So the reason I went down to Southern California and started my own, my own uh, professional fight team down there was uh, strength conditioning slash nutritionist slash just like straight up scientist that I met down there named Sam Calavita. Yeah. He was a old, he was a wrestler back in his day. His brother was a real good wrestler. Well, he's transformed his body into being a triathlete. He does all these Ironmans. He's 54 years old. He's uh, he's uh, the world's best calculus teacher. Like he just uh, he's awesome. He, he's so good. And so he's already changed me up. He changed my my lifestyle up even for going for 35s. I uh, went on a new diet. Just spiked my uh, hormones to the roof. I've uh, gotten stronger and gotten leaner. So my body index is completely different. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I was able to get my body a little heavier, but have way less body fat. I've never been a guy that's been, been chunky at all. But my, my, as you can tell in the cage when I fought, I was ripped up. I was looking good. I felt great. That's the best shape I've ever been. It's the strongest I've ever been. And we had to work hard for me to keep that weight on. You know, when Dana White told me I was going to go 25s, within three weeks I was waking up at 154, super lean. Within three weeks of changing up my lifestyle. You know, doing different kinds of workouts, uh, eating a different kind of calorie uh, intake, doing some intermittent fasting. I mean, there's a lot of tricks. It's going to have to be – you can't just be like, all right, eat less calories and yeah, then right, right, right. go for a run. I mean, it's going to be, you know, 20 things stacked together that are going to help me make this weight not only the right way but feel the best I've ever felt ever. Um, so within three weeks, I was waking up at 140 pounds compared to 154 pounds, and I was still nine weeks out from the fight. So – I'm very, I, I, it's, I just know that it's going to happen, and I know how great I'm going to feel doing it. Yeah, that's a dramatic difference, uh, 14 pounds there in only a few weeks. Uh, I know Dwayne has, has talked about uh, Calvito as well and mentioned that uh, you guys are very, very confident you can make this weight. Um, but, you know, to go back to stylistically against DJ, what do you see for holes in his game? I mean, what do you think you could exploit? Obviously, you feel that you're a better all-around fighter, but when you look at him in specifics to skill for skill, uh, what do you think you'll be able to exploit in a fight with Mighty Mouse? You know, I'm not going to give out too much uh, info on him because I really think this fight's going to happen, and he's a very cerebral fighter, and he'll uh, he'll be listening. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll see what I'm looking for. But ultimately it comes down to that I don't have the holes in my game that a lot of the guys he's fought in. You know, the, the way he's able to push it for four, four rounds and get him tired and then finish him, you know. Um, I can out-wrestle him. I can do everything. You know, like he's not going to be able to try to do what he does normally to most of the guys he fights, and uh, that's going to be a problem for him. For sure, for sure. Now, another fight that uh, I'm sure is on your radar as well would be the rematch with Cruz, assuming he gets past Jimmy Rivera. Would the ideal scenario for you here to be to fight DJ next, then defend the bantamweight belt against Cruz? Yeah, man, absolutely. That'd be perfect. You know, I want. I would love to be the guy... I'm a champion that defends his belts. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be that guy that, that uh, wins his belt and that doesn't defend him. I would love to be as active as possible. This is the prime time of my career right now. If I could defend both belts, that would be amazing. Now, would you be looking to defend both of them simultaneously, or would the fight with DJ just kind of be a one-off thing about your legacy and making a big fight happen? You know, that's all going to be determined once I get there and that all happens, you know. Um, but, like I said, I'm a guy that likes to work hard and get after it, so... You know, if I can if I can defend them both, I will. Okay. All right, TJ, man, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more things here for you. 
I know you're focused on <clears throat> I know you're focused on having your child before making any plans for your next fight. But realistically, man, how how soon should we see expect to see you back in competition? That's always a hard question to answer, you know. Um, like you said, and I want to get through my, my the next seven weeks of my wife's pregnancy, meet my little child, you know, give him some kisses, enjoy enjoy life. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. It's a tough one. Okay. All right, but nonetheless, early 2018, probably somewhere around there. Yeah. Cool, cool. And in, in conclusion, man, any message that you have for all the bantamweights out there in the division or uh, Demetrius Johnson? You know, just where I'm stating from the beginning that, uh, you know, that belt was rightfully mine. You know, I felt, uh, felt it was stolen from me back to where I belong. You know, you're never going to be able to outwork me, and uh, I'm going to keep getting better. So uh, we'll see me on the top for a long time. All right, my friend, greatly appreciated. Uh, looking forward to the next fight, and congratulations on the soon-to-be uh, addition to the family, and uh, hopefully we can catch up before the next big fight. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Oh, man, a ton. You know, um, first and foremost, I just got to thank all my coaches that have got me to where I'm at and all the people that are around me these days that are such positive influences. You know, obviously, first and foremost, Dwayne Ludwig. He's been in my corner no matter what. The guy cares about me so much. I mean, I, I couldn't find a trainer that would care as much as he does than anybody. Um, the the Calavitas, not only Sam Calavita, but his whole family, to making me part of their family and adding to my game with my strength conditioning, my diet, just my lifestyle. You know, Felipe De Monica, my jiu-jitsu coach, I had Gracie Baja, Daryl Christian and Mark Munoz, I'm a wrestling coach down in Southern California, all my training partners. And then, of course, the sponsors that have uh, backed me, even through this whole roller coaster ride of me losing my belt, all all the drama with Team Alpha Male, the sponsors that have backed me and stuck by me and that I know they have my best interests at heart, you know, Muscle Farm, uh, Virus, you know, we got Kershaw, Hoy, um, so many of them, man. All, just all you guys out there that you know that you've backed me and been behind me and uh, and just stuck with me, you know, it, it has helped me out so much and just having a, a strong family and a strong wife. All right, man. I mean, again, it's been amazing to watch you Climb back to the top. Uh, Dwayne is a very good friend of the show, and I, I know he's got a ton of love for you, and it's been cool to be a part of all of this. So, again, we greatly appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to the next fight and all that the future has in store for you, my man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, bud. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. All right. Later. Bye. There you have it, Penn Nation, the champ himself, TJ Dillashaw. Really cool conversation. That was my first time having the opportunity to interview TJ. Really cool cat. Great conversation. Excuse me. And quite frankly, knowing what I know about Dwayne Ludwig and how he operates and how cool of a dude he is only lends itself to why he and TJ click so well. TJ, very cool cat himself. Let's keep it moving. I'm waiting to hear back from Matt Brown. I offered him the time slot coming up next or 9.30. I'm going to – I'm debating whether to text him again or – let's see.
BJPenn.com radio. This is why we stopped going live. <laughs> but, you know, I really want to talk to Matt, guys. Good friend of the show, good friend of the site. Incredible fighter. Really cool dude. Great story. Coming up on what a lot of us agree is potential to be fight of the year against Diego Sanchez. And he's going to hang him up. There's a lot to talk with Matt about. Uh, so just give me a second here. So hopefully we hear back from him in a couple of minutes. Um, I guess for now, I'll just chit chat it up a bit. Hopefully he responds in the next couple of minutes. If not, we're going to roll the Dwayne Ludwig interview. But again, would really like to get Matt on the show. Great guy. Incredible story. And and I'm hoping this will work out. Uh, Fight week is very crazy for these guys. So every time we have the opportunity to get them on during fight week, we're always greatly appreciative uh, considering how intense their schedules are. Always something to do. Media obligations, signing posters, you name it. These guys are very busy on fight week. And it sounds to me like he may have gotten there uh, a little later than he he had originally intended to. But with TJ, wants the Mighty Mouse fight. Sounds like it's going to happen. He's very confident he can make the weight. Be a huge fight for Mighty Mouse in regards to the monetary side of things. Incredible fight for TJ in regards to legacy. It's got all the makings of an awesome fight. Skill set versus skill set. Really compelling stuff there. And you'll hear in our conversation with Dwayne Ludwig, Dwayne is very interested in coaching against Matt Hume, another incredibly brilliant mind in the sport of MMA uh, when it comes to coaching. Compelling stuff. We were talking about a potential rematch with uh, Cruz. Well, Cruz is injured. So let's see what happens here. Cruz being injured could possibly set up a rematch for Cruz anyway because he has a win over TJ. I know TJ wants that fight. Makes sense to me. Let's see what happens. All right. I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to run with the uh, Dwayne Ludwig interview here. We'll give Matt a shot at 930 if we don't get him. That's a crying shame, but hopefully we do. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. I'm I'm your host, Kinch, Jay Kinch. Each and every Wednesday we air 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Coming up next, coach of our previous guest, the champ, TJ Dillashaw. Good friend of the show. Awesome guy. The shoeless obsessor of all things combat, as I mentioned, Dwayne Ludwig, coming up next. Penn Nation returning to the show, our good friend and coach of the recrown champ that we just spoke to. Please welcome back our good friend, Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Thanks, as always, for taking the time, Dwayne. I'd assume you're home, back home in uh, Colorado. Yes, sir. My wife and I just got back today. We're picking the kids up from school and uh, just getting things situated. You know, it was an awesome weekend, and it's just time to unwind. 
Well, congratulations on the big wing and bringing that belt back to where you guys felt it belonged all this time. How happy were you with TJ's performance? Super happy with his performance. You know, obviously, he's seen the fight, and uh, we got clipped in the first, and it looked like uh, we needed a little, little bit more patience to set up some more power shots, so we made the adjustment from not landing much in the first round to changing up the game plan for the second round, and TJ always being... Uh, Always being focused, always being determined, always making it happen. You know, you give that kid a piece of information and he makes it happen. Now we, we still have a good, uh, good working, good working relationship. So sure. he knows the information I give him is from the heart and it's the best information I can give him. And uh, it just it fits right into his his sound, his system, right? So it works out well. Now we spoke about it a few times leading up to this fight, and you had predicted that TJ would finish Cody. Did you expect the finish to come as early as uh, in the in the in the second round rather than later on in the fight? So it would have been a bit later on. I thought we needed a bit more time to uh, slow him down and just do some other things that we had planned. But uh, you know, it worked out well. It changed up. Hey guys, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. So. Um, I think it was going to happen earlier. I thought, I thought we needed some more some more time. It worked out, you know. He did it with the adjustment right away, and it just worked right in our hands. Uh, obviously, it's good to be able to change the game plan from fight to fight. Uh, from fight to fight, uh, round to round, and combo to combo. It's just important to be able to change things up, and that's exactly what he was able to do, and obviously it worked out. For sure, for sure. Now, as I mentioned, we just spoke to TJ about the game plan and how the fight played out. But what did you say to him in between rounds, and what was going through your mind when TJ got caught at the end of the first? Well, we were just setting up. We were just doing too much of a setup. So our setup became a telegraphing key, because you can see Cody kind of sitting and waiting for the blank shots to miss before he looked to counter. And that's what Cody looks to do, just sit back and counter. So I wanted to give him some power shots and change up the tempo and then look to counter the counter, which is... We cover all these bases all the time. You know, when, uh, when I train guys, we'll do a couple combinations, we'll do a couple strikes, and I'll say, well, we just did that combo. What does that set up? Or why would we do that? What would be the next piece of the puzzle? So I don't always give my guys the answers. I ask them to – I give them pop quizzes, right? So yeah. they learn to think for themselves a little bit as well. Yeah, I know that was something that we just spoke to TJ about, uh, you know, trying to find that happy balance between pushing the pace but not getting overly aggressive and getting countered and kind of forcing forcing him to push the action and counter as well. Um, but was that the way you anticipated TJ would get the KO? You know, and aside from the knockdown in the first, did did he execute all the stuff you guys been working on for this fight? Well, all the stuff, we had a bunch more, you know, in, in the pocket to play with if we needed. But uh, he executed what he needed to, obviously. You know, we got the finish early in the second, so it was nice. And uh, it's just... Crazy times, you know, the kid's a, kid's a gifted, talented ninja. And that's one of the things to keep in mind from all the three champions that were, you know, recently crowned. It seemed to be as, well, on our side, we focused on ourselves, right? And it's just important to focus on the task at hand and not really worry about what the other guy's doing. And I think that was a, a prime lesson from this weekend's card was it seemed to be from leading up to the, the media and such that, the new crown champions are focusing on themselves. And, you know, that's definitely what TJ and I were doing, just focus on our, ourselves and improving and making sure that each each training session is a step up ladder of improvement and finding our, our full our full potential 
other than uh, worrying about what anybody else is doing. For sure, for sure. And as you said, not only was that the storyline of, of the three title fights, but we just talked with uh, with TJ about this. And, you know, I had mentioned that you guys were always talking about focusing on yourselves, what you can control. And uh, that seemed to be the exact sentiment that he had as well. But what was your reaction to the trash talk coming from their corner uh, during the fight and in between rounds? I, I didn't I didn't hear any of that. And I didn't hear from outside the cage. And I uh, spoke to a couple of them after the fight. And then I come to find out that what was going on during the fight, I just it just kind of kind of caught me by, by surprise, you know. I think there are certain levels of professionalism and uh, can you say codes of conduct that you expect from people. Yeah. And uh, if it turned out to be something different, you know. I, I mean, since we were all such good friends, I thought it'd be kind of a common understanding to, you know, train train our guys to be their full potential, not necessarily to try to use so much uh, outside distraction. You know, I thought it was kind of cross the line a little bit. That's not how we choose to operate, and I just didn't expect it. And it just goes to show that the industry is changing, you know. The more, how can you say, you know, I, I don't know, I just, I just, didn't, I just don't. Well, I know what you mean. I mean, acting that way. Yeah, yeah no, I'm trying to be as nice as I can about this, so I don't hurt feelings, right? <laughs> no, and I, I know you and I have talked about this extensively, and I agree with you, man. We are in the era of trash talk, and quite frankly, I mean, seeing GSP come back the way he did, I'm hoping that maybe we can see things kind of shift back towards the Bushido code with a guy that doesn't need to talk trash. You let your fighting do the talking for you. Um, but I know you guys have always taken the high road throughout all this stuff. But does it feel like it can be finally laid to rest now, or is this rivalry going to continue, in your opinion? Well, hopefully it could be laid to rest. You know, the rivalry is just one direction, you know, like, because, uh, again, we always focus on ourselves and really choose to, you know, point fingers and such. So hopefully it's, uh, on our end, it's never really been too much of an issue. Of course, we'd rather not deal with it. But, uh, you know, right away you hear, you know, there's still, there's, there's still, it's not, it's, I can say it never really started on our end, but it seems to continue on their end. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Saber's a... trying to call him out, and uh, it's like, earn your place, you know? Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. You know, you said earlier this week that you really have no hard feelings towards anyone, but, you know, maybe favor a little bit. That's that being said, well, well, it's just, I, just, I must say, like, you know, and, and I'm not the only guy to say this, well, I guess publicly, but um, there's some people that we operate with in the same circle behind the scenes, and it just seems it seems as if they're kind of marionettes, and Saber's pulling the strings a little bit. So what what was your initial reaction to him saying that he would come out of retirement to fight TJ? Well, it just seems to be bad energy, you know? It just seems like, you know, if he had the, the itch to fight, then he would come out to fight someone else. But it seems like he had, like, more geared for negativity and just kind of done with the drama, you know? It's yeah. like he hasn't earned his place. Uh, it's like, why? Like, is it, I don't know if it's, if it's the bad blood, it's, it's, unless it's the money, you know? Maybe, you know, uh, when his retirement fight happened, he said that, you know, expect some big things, expect some big things. I don't remember hearing anything. I don't know what big things happened. Maybe I haven't, uh, I haven't really been following him too much, to be honest, but but those big things did pan out, so he's looking for, for to make some money. That's the only, only thing I see. 
Right, right. Well, to me, it just sounded like it, so- it sounded like sour grapes or something to me. I mean, yeah, it really, it really does seem like that, right? Like, I don't want to play fingers and do stuff and just it goes to show, right? Focus on ourselves, have fun, for sure. enjoy the moment, enjoy this ride. You know, you're gonna be an athlete for basically roughly ten years is the competitive span for somebody roughly. And but you know, having rivalries, you have to have to use that motivation. You know, it can't sell tickets, but this whole time. It's been an excellent example showcase to, to how to showcase how to handle these situations, you know, sure. when people are continually pointing fingers and just doing that, that stuff to you. Just like this show, you know, it's an excellent, excellent example of showcase how to handle that situation. So I guess we need to persist and we will continue to lead by example and show how to handle it. I'm trying to pull my kids wagging up a hill right now. <laughs> I was going to say you sound a little out of breath. I'm not as good a shape as I used to be, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a good, it's, I would like, and, you know, I'm looking to get past that. We want to fight Demetrius. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, looking... take that title Absolutely. and uh, go that route, you know, something, you know, face somebody who's more of a uh, martial artist rather than a, uh, yeah, just that. I'd like to, I'd like to test ourselves against Demetrius and Matt Hume. I find that a, very challenging puzzle, and uh, I'd love to face that. Well, that would, as you mentioned, Matt Hume, the man behind DJ, you are the man behind TJ. Be very interesting stuff to see it play out. But looking ahead, obviously, you guys definitely want that fight with Mighty Mouse. From what TJ has said, it's a real likelihood uh, at this point that the company's on board, you guys are on board, Demetrius is showing interest now. But would you prefer to see TJ take the super fight with DJ? and then return to bantamweight, or would you like to see him actively defend both belts? I would like to see us drop up to 25, get that belt, and then pop back up to 35 and fight Dominic Cruz again. <laughs> yep, that was going to be my next question. Of course, the rematch with Cruz would be on the horizon. But aside from, uh, if he gets past Jimmy Rivera, of course, but aside from those two, are there any real clear challengers for TJ at 135 at this point? Jimmy Rivera... That kid's good. He's tough. He's strong. Uh, he's definitely someone to uh, not take lightly. Not take lightly. So, obviously him, Dominic and Dominic Cruz, uh, and Demetri Johnson, the three guys yeah. that are on that are in my sights as as a trainer. And well, you know, I say that because I mean I see those as potential matchups. But like I said earlier, we just each and every training session, we just look to improve, and not necessarily we do we'll game plan for people to be aware of certain strengths and weaknesses. But, again, we're always trying to prove ourselves. Not trying. That's just what we do. Each and every session is try to get better. Not try. I shouldn't say that. But each and every session we get better. That's, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah. Now, um, and as you see, right, I mean, how has TJ looked since he's come? I mean, not, not necessarily since he's come to Colorado, but every fight he improves, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason for that. I mean, it's not just me. It's, it's, it's 100% him. Like, it's his dedication. It's hard work. But he's got a, we have a great crew around us. And we always do. You know, we've always had – Really good wrestling coaches, really good jiu-jitsu guys. The main ingredient is, is TJ. You know, I, I help out a little bit here and there, but he's the guy that puts out the time, work, and effort, and I kind of step to the side. Even prime example is a fight. You know, he's the guy out there fighting, come back yeah. between rounds, and I say, well, quit sitting off, just blast some kicks, and look what happens. It, it, it works out, right? So give as much credit to that as you want. Um, I'll take 1%. How about that? <laughs> well, very modest of you, as always. But, you know, uh, j- just to go back to DJ and Matt Hume, 
I mean, I know you've uh, discussed uh, Demetrius' skills and how you think that matchup would play out between him and TJ, but when it comes to coaching against Matt Hume, I mean, you talked about it there trying to solve that puzzle. but I need those challenges. I yeah. want it. I mean, that's that seems like one of those uh, challenges for you that would be um, – that would be something really special to experience and see if you could uh, conquer, you know, his type of uh, uh, coaching as well. Exactly, 100%. I would love to uh, put my, my knowledge, my skill set into TJ and to, you know, against Demetrius and Mahim uh, in the most respectful martial art way to improve. You know, Kyokushin Karate means the ultimate truth. So I'm on the same path as Masayama, like I said before, and finding out what exactly works when the time counts. You know, yeah. Kyokushin was my first art when I started training at age of eight, and I researched Masayama quite a bit, and I just feel that I'm on the same path as he was. Not comparing myself, but I just looked down the same path, and to find out what actually works when the time counts, and I have one of the most dedicated athletes to ever do it. Just okay. athlete, martial artist, you know, he's a martial artist. He, you know, he teaches classes for me. He leads by example. He's a good guy. He uh, does the right thing to help others. He really does. He helps yeah. a lot of the amateur guys, gets back, points out what they should and shouldn't be doing when they're drilling, and he really is a good guy, man. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, I just had a great conversation with him first time I ever interviewed him, and, and I would say things went very well. But, um, you know, changing gears here for a moment. Trevor Whitman posted something earlier this week giving you praise as an athlete and as a coach. Uh, very heartfelt stuff from a longtime friend and mentor of yours. How cool is it for you guys to share the night as both your star pupils, both of your athletes, won in very impressive fashion? Yes, sir. And that's one of the things, too, is uh, I don't give much credit to Trevor as much as I should. He's the guy I spent most of my time with when I was competing. He was my main pad holder. And, uh, you know, I've always been – Boss has always been my main leader. He's the guy that got me uh, on the correct path and has always been there for me. Uh, so has Trevor. Uh, so, I mean, i got to give a lot of this credit to Trevor as well because he's helped mold me into the guy I am now. He's the reason why I'm so technically sound, why I know words from my hands, my elbows, my body weight, and transfer information from the TJ. Um, you know, you, just, you learn certain elements from certain people, and uh, I've learned a lot from Trevor, and I don't ever say it, and I need to start doing that more. Of. But, um, I mean, as far as the more spiritual martial impact that comes from Boss Rude and having the actual system. And Boss taught me how to think. I'll say that. He taught me how to think, taught me how to train with intensity. And then Trevor, I got my technical details from. Well, you know, speaking of technical details, what did you think of Rose Nama Yunus's performance? Very cool stuff post-fight from her as well. Exactly. You know, we, we have this uh, popularity, popularity that we earn. And with that becomes duty and obligation. And it's to push a message. And as martial artists, I feel it's our duty and obligation to push a positive message to help people better their lives. And we do that by leading by example. Um, you know, the, the, the game has drastically changed, but I am, I'm very happy to have three legitimate martial artists at the top of the heap now with TJ, Rose, and then obviously St. Pierre, who's always led the pack, who's always been on that same journey. Yeah, yeah. Again, man, but I mean, what I think about her performance uh, was awesome. You know, she, uh, Joanna and Cody both made a similar mistake as far as when they choose to back up, what they do with their head and hands. And uh, I won't necessarily point that out too much, but they made, they both made, for the initial knockdown, they both made the same motions in response to their opponents. I'll say that. 
Okay, so you drew a lot of similarities between both of those finishes. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. what happens with humans, why yeah. we, you know, how we react, and it's just kind of make sure that we have a, a technically sound base. Well, not necessarily. I mean, what counts is you don't get hit, but being more in, in a more technical position can help. Right, right. Now, you know, speaking of uh, Trevor and, and sharing that moment with him and, you know, celebration of both of your fighters winning in such impressive fashion – Dude, did you go to TJ's after party with no shoes? I swear I saw a picture of you oh. shoeless in the club. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I wore chocolates. I had chocolates there. I had uh, sandals there. I wore sandals. I'm just uh-huh. barefoot a lot. I mean, I'm barefoot 90% of the time. Uh, but this is the story. There's beer. All, I don't. I don't drink. Okay, but there's beer all over the floor. It's a, it's a bar and grill or something. A nice bar. I forgot it was Jack Jack O'Doul's or something. Uh, owner was super awesome. Places was badass, but the floor is sticky. And I've been telling my wife I only want to dance with her for months now. And when the song came on, the salsa song, I could, I could help myself. So I had to kick the chocolate, had to kick the uh, sandals off, take it on the dance floor, and uh, have a good time with my wife, you know. And uh, <laughs> so my my sandals kept sticking to the floor, and I had to take them off so I could actually move. So yeah, so I was barefoot in the bar. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw a picture. I I know you I know you walk out to the cage shoeless, you know, with your with your fighters, but. I mean, seeing you in this club, I was like, is he not wearing shoes in the club? What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I couldn't move. My awesome. was getting hindered from the, uh, the uh, sandals hitting the floor, sticking the beer <laughs> on the floor. Awesome. So listen, listen, Dwayne, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more things here for you. Um, TJ has stated that he's focused on having their first child uh, for now, right. but, but when do you expect to see him back in the gym, and how quickly do you think he could be back in competition against Mighty Mouse? He's healthy right now, you know? As far as health-wise, he's ready to go. Uh, but, you know, we've been having a solid two years, and this is a long, drawn-out camp, so I'd like to see him, which is what he's doing, take some time off, a couple months, spend some time with the baby, and enjoy that, because that's going to be a, a drastic change also. Uh, but I would say four, five, six months would be a good timeline. Take yeah. November, December off, take, uh, you know, probably take three, four months off, and then get back into camp. Okay. So what do you see? Would be ideal. Yeah, Absolutely. So what do He'll you be training still, coming in, helping out, and just, you know, moving around, talking. That's just what we do. Yeah, That's all we have to prove. It's not time on, time off. It's like we're, we're just always doing stuff. Like we're already breaking down this fight yesterday via text and today as far as the foot placement stuff because I posted a photo today, and um, it's in direct relation to how we caught Cody because of that angle which we've been drilling. So um, it's just it's crazy. It, it's, 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 it's expected, but then when it happens, it's just like, wow. So it's just it's a, it's a crazy ride, man. It really is. Well, you're seeing it all come to fruition, come to life, like right before you, you know? Yeah, I, I dedicated my life to martial arts. And this is what I do is track patterns and make sure that uh, we're in the right place at the right time, and TJ's, uh, TJ makes it happen, you know? He, he's, uh, he's the X factor. So what do you see for the future? Two-division champ and a successful title defense in 2018 for him? Yes, sir, exactly. Exactly. That is exactly where I see two-division champ and then a successful title defense at 135 later in the year all right cool man well listen we certainly look forward to it Dwayne. you guys make one hell of a team and i have no doubt that you're only scratching the surface here of your potential together in conclusion man anything you'd like to say about your star pupil and all the support that I you guys TJ. have out there i love tj um if you can put this in the title as well like i love all those small guys it's such that there's actual drama it's, it's one-sided uh i don't you know I wish it could be on better terms. I wish it could be cordial and be cool, man, and just, you know, see each other and high-five and shake and just, uh, you know, fuck, I love you guys. I love, I love, it just, it sucks to me. I put, you know, 
I look at them as family still. You know, I'm still, uh, you know, keeping keeping high road and looking at them as family, and hopefully we can be on good terms. I'd like to see that. But uh, TJ, yeah. But TJ, I love TJ. Love you, man. And, uh, yeah. That's why, that's why I have good energy, man. We're on this life for a little while. Um, it sucks to be dealing with petty shit and, you know, we're fucking could be going to war in fucking North Korea, right? So let's enjoy the time that we have. I agree 100%, man. Always a pleasure, Dwayne. We're looking forward to the future for both of you guys. And uh, before we let you go, any shout-outs or any plugs you'd like to get in? GLC 2000 has always been behind me since 2001. And Onnit Supplements has always been there since they bought through Trevor Whitman, BJPen.com. I love you guys. Thank you, sir. All right. We love you too, brother. You have a wonderful evening and, and have fun pulling around that uh, wagon. Bangboytie.com. For <laughs> Danny, Ninja, Ninja Skills and Drills. I'm going to break down TJ's fight, so get on there. Oof. All right, brother. There you have it, Penn Nation. Master Splinter. Coach of TJ Killershaw, Dillashaw, the man himself, Dwayne Ludwig. Always a good convo with him, as you guys know. You've listened to the show. We've had him on many, many times. Great guy. We got a lot of love for him. And uh, <laughs> how funny was that, that he's pulling around his kids in a wagon, and you could really hear it in him, man. I mean, going uphill, you can imagine Colorado, mountain range. There's probably some serious hills in Colorado. But... um. I found that pretty funny. And not wearing shoes in a club so he could dance with his wife. That's dedication to your lady, my friends. I think we can all take notes there. So look, the immortal got back to us. We're going to have him on here in just a moment. A lot to discuss with him. I'm not going to waste any time. We'll jump right into it. We'll have a little bit of, uh, little bit of break music here. I'm going to get him on the line. and We'll jump right into things with the immortal himself, Matt Brown. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Matt Brown. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Just days before he goes to war against Diego Sanchez at UFC Fight Night 120 in Norfolk, Virginia, good friend of BJPenn.com, the immortal himself, Matt Brown. As always, Matt, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. How hectic has fight week been for you so far? Uh, it's been a little while, man. My flight got all messed up yesterday, so that was a little crazy and uh, lots of interviews to do today, so... But that's what uh, to be expected, man. That's what I wanted when I was a little kid. So here we are doing it now. 
Absolutely. And again, I, I know things are crazy for you guys. So, you know, you taking the time to speak with us is greatly appreciated. Um, how was your training camp for this fight, man? And who did you work with primarily for this one? I had a great training camp, man. I'm really happy. Everything went uh, awesome from beginning to end. I felt better than I felt in a long time. I've been down at Factory X training with those guys. And, um, uh, yeah, that's primarily where I've been doing most of my training. So, um, yeah, just everything's feeling really great, man. And um, just feeling happy and in a good place again. Well, very good. Very good. There's lots to discuss here with you, but let's start with the somewhat shocking news about you making the decision to retire after this fight. When did you make that decision and, and what factors led into this to you announcing that you were going to have this fight be your farewell performance? Well, that was, um, you know, I, the day that I posted it was the day that, that it crossed my mind. <laughs> that was pretty much uh, about all there was to it. It wasn't really difficult beyond that. Um, and the main thing about it was that I, I'm not sure that I have the hunger to go on a championship run, you know, go on a four or five fight win streak or whatever necessary to do a championship uh, run, whatever be necessary. Um, I still have the hunger to fight. I still uh, love being in there, and I'm very excited for um, this fight in particular and really happy to get in there and do it. So um, I'm, I'll, I'll revisit it after the fight and decide if it's something, um, you know, I, I don't want to be fighting for just for money or just for uh, just a fight because I don't know what else to do or whatever. So um, I got to figure out how bad I want it and, and decide if if I want to go through the rigors of another championship run. Now, I'm wondering, was the training camp that you had, I mean, you're saying that you felt better than ever. Is is this kind of a, a, a factor into you saying that maybe, maybe backstepping on it, depending on how this fight goes? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I had such a good camp. I feel so good. My head's in the right place, uh, focused and driven and, um, I just forgot what that felt like, and here I am feeling that way again. So, again, we'll uh, focus on Saturday right now, and then on uh, Sunday I'll talk. You know, I'll, I'll revisit how everything went and and decide if uh, this going to be a permanent retirement or a, you know, I don't know, one week retirement or what, <laughs> whatever it is. Right? We'll figure it out then. So, uh, j- just to stick with this for a moment here. Um, what was your reaction from your coaches and, and your family? And, you know, was this at all a difficult or emotional decision for you? I mean, considering that you're saying that as soon as you thought of it, you posted it, but, uh, tell us a little bit about that, how everybody reacted and was it at all difficult for you to, to, to decide to walk away from a sport that you've said has saved your life in a sense? Yeah, that's a, a good point, man. You know, it was, it was surprisingly emotional when, um, after I posted it, I, I guess I kind of just posted it thinking nobody would really care or something. I don't, I don't really know uh, what I was thinking um, or what I was expecting, but uh, yeah, I got a surprising reaction and um, it became real emotional. My wife was crying. And um, even today when I was on uh, UFC tonight, talking to uh, DC and, and Ken Flo, I mean, I, I kind of started thinking about it and yeah, and it most brought a tear to my eye and, so, yeah, it's kind of an emotional thing, but, again, that's why, you know, I'm trying to kind of keep it out of my mind, and I'm going to focus on 
Diego on Saturday, that's a big enough challenge in and of itself. And then uh, I'll, I'll worry about it on uh, Sunday. For sure, man. Let, let's move on. I hear what you're saying. You couldn't have asked for a better opponent for a farewell fight if this is going to be that. Give us your thoughts on the matchup skill for skill and stylistically. I mean, I know when this got announced, we all went crazy. Yeah, I guess matchup-wise, it's, it's on paper, it's a war, it's a fight of the night, fight of the week, fight of the month, fight of the year, fight of the century for all I know. Um, but realistically, I mean, I, I think I can – I can pick Diego apart pretty well, and I can uh, really impose my game on him. I think uh, the matchup-wise, stylistically, I think this is a really great fight for me, and I'm really going to shine. You know what? You kind of answered my next question here. You know, I know you guys probably have a ton of respect for each other, and as I said, the fans have always praised you guys for being warriors, putting on a great show. But that being said – Rather than imagining this fight as a back-and-forth battle, you're looking at this as, as it's going to be a dominant victory for you over a very tough guy. Well, that's what I expect out of myself, and that's what I plan on going there and doing. You know, I've watched this sport and been a part of the sport long enough that Lord knows what's really going to happen when you get in there, right? But um, I have high expect- expectations for myself, and my, I have every intention of going in there and meeting those expectations. As you mentioned, uh, you discussed possibly fight of the year, fight of the month, whatever you know, whatever the case is. Uh, I know there's a lot of fights coming up in the next few weeks, so when you said fight of the week, I found that pretty funny. But um, as soon as it got announced, like I said, everybody went crazy at the potential here. I cannot see any way that regardless of whether you're dominant or it's a back-and-forth battle, that this fight isn't exciting. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, again, on paper, yeah, I, I agree with that. I can I can see anybody's perspective seeing that. Um, again, I mean, I, I think I'm going to outclass Diego. That's what I plan. I plan on going in there and outclassing Diego. So in regards to size, uh, you know, he's he's jumped around from 145 to 155, back up to welterweight for this fight. Uh, you probably feel like you're going to have a pretty significant size and strength advantage over Diego, I'd imagine. You know, I'm not going to rely on it. I, I hope I do. I've never grappled or rolled with Diego. I've never trained with him. So you can't really say for certain if that's going to be the case until you get in there and, and you guys, the first exchange happens or, you know, he grabs onto you or vice versa. And um, Yeah, so, you know, I can't really say. I, I don't really know, to be honest. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he's definitely always been one of those guys that, has that incredible tenacity and heart and an ability to come back. Um, how much of your game plan has been considering to, you know, maybe pace yourself for this one, get the finish when it, when it, uh, when it arises rather than getting baited into the brawling style of fight that Diego likes. No, my game plan really isn't based around Diego. Um, I think he's got a lot more to worry about with uh, game planning for me and for my tools that I'm going to bring to him. Um, whereas, um, you know, I'm not as concerned with what he's going to do. I mean, it's it's going to be very hard for him to implement his game plan when he's staring at the lights. <laughs> very good point, my man. Um, I, I, I suppose you're right. You know, when you look at this fight as a as a matchup of him coming up, all these things, the cards, are, the, the the deck is stacked against him uh, for sure. But again, when it got announced, just your both of you guys have that incredible resiliency and will to win and 
and, and uh, put on those uh, incredible performances and great shows for the fans. Um, but let's change gears here for a moment. Give me your thoughts on uh, the crazy card this weekend. Three new champions being crowned. What was your favorite fight, and, and who do you think had the best performance of the night? Um, my favorite fight was probably CJ's fight. Um, you know, it was, it was an intense, uh, you know, high-level, highly skilled match between two of the best in the world. So that one was probably my favorite. You know, I'm kind of close with CJ. So uh, that was definitely my favorite fight. And then second favorite would be Rose. Um, much respect to her. She went out there and um, really just shocked everybody, I guess. Uh, didn't really shock me, I guess, because I've trained with her, you know, at least in the same gym as her occasionally. And I've seen what she's capable of. And I actually wanted to put money on her, but my uh, thing wouldn't work to do it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great night of fights for sure, man, and it got me pumped up and primed for my weekend of fights. Absolutely. I think for a lot of us, we saw a night like that, and it kind of reinvigorated uh, all of the love for the sport. I mean, I, I made a tweet about it. Watching that card, I was like, man, I, this is why I love this sport. Uh, and I have no doubt that this this card in uh, Virginia will deliver as well. Um, but So getting back to Diego, He's been through many wars. We've seen him take a lot of damage over the years. If this fight lives up to the hype and, and it gets, you know, maybe back and forth, there's a show of heart, warrior spirit between you guys. Would you agree that this would be a great way for him to hang them up as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it seems from the outside looking in that it's probably his time. I don't see him ever going on a championship run again. So, um and again, you know, to me, that's what it's about. I don't, I don't see the reason to be risking life and limb out there when you, have, you know, especially when I have a family and everything. Um, you know, if you're not going, to, you know, uh, if you're not pushing to be the best in the world, and I think Diego, to me, is sort of in that situation where he's really just fighting to fight, really, you know, or, you know, it's sort of like. A normal person lives paycheck to paycheck, like living fight to fight, you know, and um, that's not, to me, that's not a healthy thing. And especially when you get older and you get into the the age where, uh, uh, you know, things are slowing down and you have a higher risk potential. And at least for myself, uh, you know, I'm smart enough to do other things, man. I, I don't have to just be a fighter. I'm, I have a, a a good head on my shoulders and I'm, I'm an intelligent person. So there's no reason for me to dangerous thing I could possibly do. Yeah, I would agree with you, man. And I, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, you do have a lot of things in the pipeline. You have the potential to be a coach. You have a mortal combat equipment. When you were looking ahead, I know you're focused on, on Diego right now and fight night, but when you were looking ahead after the decision to retire, what was going to be your next step? Was it going to be coaching? Were you going to focus on a Mortal Kombat equipment, a little bit of both maybe? Yeah, you know, I definitely want to be in the gym every day and helping guys and giving back and coaching. I, I think I'll be – I will excel at coaching just like I did at fighting, um, even more so. I think I'll actually be a better coach than a uh, fighter I ever was a fighter. Um, yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to put some emphasis on uh, in Mortal Kombat equipment. Um, I'm going to – uh, you know, develop my coaching abilities. And uh, beyond that, I don't really have a plan, to be honest. And that's part of 
what draws me towards retirement is that I'm, it's a nerve wracking, scary thing. And I don't necessarily have a, a direct plan. I don't have, uh, I never gave myself a plan B when I came into the sport. I never wanted a way out. Um, and I've, I guess I've become maybe a little too comfortable fighting. Um, so I want that next thing that's going to bring some uh, fear into my life and that would be retiring. So, that's sort of something that I have a desire to chase. Uh, um, whether it's now or later, I guess uh, we'll find out next week or so. Yeah, time will tell. But but it sounds like you're you're of the thought that you have to be in a challenge and and you know be put to the fire to to make the best of a situation. So you're kind of embracing the unknown uh, when it comes to, to to possibly hanging them up, depending on how things go this weekend. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, that's to me. I mean, that that's what life is all about: is, is chasing things that uh, you know, you know, not just not living an easy, comfortable life. And um, that's what one of the things that drew me to martial arts and fighting and is that fear of the unknown and um, and you know, getting scared before a fight. I love that feeling. Um, and like I said, I haven't felt that so much in the past few fights, and that's a dangerous thing. That's a there's a very uh, fine line you walk in there. So, yeah, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. That's what I want is uh, the next challenge, and I, I, I embrace uh, the unknown, and um, I, I like spontaneity and, and different things like that. So that's well, definitely yeah, I mean, a, a motivator for me. Yeah, I have no doubt that you'll excel at whatever path you decide to, to take next in life. However, you know, we just had Dwayne Ludwig on. I know you're friends with him. And he is – oh, the past few times I spoke with him, man, and I brought you up, he, he was really, really praising your coaching ability. So I have no doubt that that will be a, a perfect av- avenue for you to get into. But I certainly hope that a Mortal Kombat equipment takes off as well. Um, but, but to stick with this just, just for a moment here, I don't, I don't mean to get deep on you or anything, man, but um, when you look back at your career, you know, given the, the heart and the soul that you've given to this game for so many years – you know, you've always been honorable and, and humble, in my opinion. Looking back on your career, man, what do you want your legacy to say to fighters coming up and, and all the fans out there? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've had a few people ask me that, and I wouldn't say I have a clear answer. If, if anything, you know, legacy, I mean, that's – I think other people are uh, um, I'm more justified to define that than uh, the, the person actually doing it, right? Um more than anything, though, man, I, I just want people to be inspired by what I've done. Um, I, I I am proud that I I came from a very very tiny town of like 200 people. Um, and, you know, I was on the streets, drug addict, to you know, almost a UFC championship. So I don't think there's a whole lot of people in the world that can say they went from such a low bottom to such a high high. So. You know, I, I just hope that people are inspired by what I've done and, and they can take it and, and it gives them some inspiration to uh, live their lives a little better. Well, I could certainly take inspiration from your story. Uh, you've been on an incredible journey. And, and, you know, speaking of the journey, what would it what what about this journey would you change, if anything? And, and what would you like to see change in the sport going forward? Oh, man. Yeah, you know, if. I wouldn't say I necessarily have any regrets because I've always put myself out there. Um, you know, I've I've always stayed true to myself and to my identity. 
and never sacrifice who I am for anything. Um, I've always stayed authentic to myself, so I wouldn't say I have any regrets. If I, if I could go back and change anything, it would be um, maybe sell myself a little better, maybe, um, what would you say, maybe uh, fight, uh, you know, turn down some fights, say no more often, um, say, you know, say no when I'm injured or back out of fights when I'm injured. Um, That's an honest answer, cause man. Because I – yeah, I mean, I mean, I do think that I, that I, I you know, I, I, there's very winnable fights that I that I went in and fought uh, um, and lost, and it to me it was never about the winning and losing. It was about the, you know, just going in and fighting. That and looking back, you know, understanding the business more. You know, Rich Franklin told me a long time ago to treat it as a business, and I never understood or agreed with him. I, I was the opposite. I said this isn't a business to me. This is just what I love to do. And I think had I treated it more like a business, I, I could, ha- I could be more financially successful at this point. Um, and it, I hate for it to be about that. And, I'm, and that's why I don't necessarily regret that I didn't do that because of the lessons I learned and, uh, and I, I can hold my head high knowing uh, what happened when it happened, but uh, I could sure. definitely have made a lot more money at the same time. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, money's just, uh, you know, uh, w- when you have kids, it's a necessary part of life. So I was going to I was going to call it a necessary evil in life for all of us, man. I mean, uh, I'd agree with you a hundred percent there. And in regards to, you know, maybe promoting yourself more, man, I think your fighting did all the promoting that you ever needed, man. I know, uh, I speak for myself and a lot of other people out there when, when I say you will truly be missed and, you know, yeah. that was something I wanted to, I, I wanted to get to here in a moment, but getting back to Diego. How do you visualize this fight playing out and, and give us your official prediction? Um, I, well, I don't have an official prediction. I don't like to predict, but I, well, the only thing I see playing out in this fight, the only thing I visualize in my head is me performing at the, the best that I can perform. And how Diego reacts to that is up to him, uh, whether he cowers up into a ball and taps out or whether he fights back with all his guts. I'm still going to be performing at the the best of my abilities, and he's going to have to deal with that, and how he deals with it is his own decision. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the fight, man, and, uh, you know, this has been a little different of a conversation than I expected, considering that you're not closing the door on this just yet, and and, and what happens Saturday is going to have a big determining factor there, but I got to say, man, it's been an honor to work with you over the years, Matt, and even more of an honor to watch you compete. Um, as I said, I know I speak for all the fans of the media out there when I say that you truly, truly will be missed if you do decide to hang them up. Um, I personally feel as though that your story, my friend, is is one of resilience and hard work and a prime example of a, of a no-nonsense sportsmanship uh, that the sport really needs and, and that warrior spirit. So I just want to say on behalf of everybody at BJPenn.com, thank you for all the blood, sweat, and tears, man, and, and everything you've done to entertain us. Um, in conclusion... Anything that you like to say to all your fans out there and everyone that supported you along the way? Well, first, thanks very much for that. Uh, yeah, and to stick to your analogy, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be closing the door, but I'm just not locking it. Okay, so uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, thanks for BJPin.com for supporting me all these years. I think we've had uh, tons of interviews, and they've always been good and always honorable people on the site. So. Um, and to all the fans, I mean, you know, thanks for the support. And, 
I, I hope that, again, I, I just hope I inspired people to do some great things, man. That's what life is all about is giving to others and, and helping each other out and bringing each other up. So hopefully I've played a little part in people's lives to do that. I would certainly say you have, and, and I appreciate the kind words on for us on the site as well. Uh, we're looking forward to the fight, man. I hope it's a great performance for you. And whatever the future has in store in, in store for you, I know you will excel at. So uh, we greatly appreciate the time tonight, Matt. Kick some ass on Saturday. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Um, no shout-outs. It's all good tonight. All right, my man. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. And uh, have a good night, buddy. Thank you very much, sir. Later. All right, Matt Brown, the immortal. We got pretty deep there, got to say. I'm glad he hasn't completely closed the door, but at the same time you heard him discuss there that he needs the unexpected and the challenge in his life in order to to excel, and, and I have no doubt that he will succeed at whatever path he chooses after fighting, should he actually hang them up. But for my own greedy personal uh wants in life i want to see matt brown continue fighting um he's still all there he's got his his wherewithal about him i'm not even sure if i said that right but regardless still a top top guy i know what he's saying four or five fights to get back to the title is his heart really in that we'll have to see on saturday and and what the future has in store for him but nonetheless he's been a great guy to, to conversate with over the years uh always a great interview Super cool guy, a prime example, as I said, of hard work and dedication. And this sport saved his life. You heard him. He was down in the gutter on drugs. And, and it was mixed martial arts that turned his life around and afforded him the, the life that he lives today. So, um, man, now I'm kind of getting emotional. Matt Brown, we love you, buddy. It's been a great episode. Stack show. I made the time limit. We got Matt Brown on. There was some chaos, as there always is when we do things live. But this is BJPenn.com. Radio, the fighter's voice, and the voice of you guys, the fans. And we continue to bring you the best possible show every week. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for more great guests, more great interviews. And in regards to all the breaking news that's been going down today, BJPenn.com slash MMA news has got you covered. Everything you crave from the sport you love, all in one place, bjpen.com. On behalf of the whole team, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kench. We're going to sign off for the evening. Make sure you tune back in next week. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Download it. We love you guys. Big mahalo to all our guests and all of you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.
face of the Hawaiian nation, the Hawaiian race. Cries for justice that day has come for all our people to stand as one.
ikahi manu no eikai Ki ai makala e o te kaha O iakai pala na mali Uliri e ahana What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Do you suffer from chronic CFED or can't focus energy drain? Try over-the-counter Vibrin. One tablet contains the same caffeine as a cup of coffee, but without the calories or coffee breath. Vibrin, caffeine, not coffee. Taking Vibrin may result in a lack of drowsiness, improved productivity, and better cash flow from decreased coffee spending. Unexpected job promotions have been associated with Vibrin. Vibrin may decrease the urge to zone out, doze off, or exhibit signs of slacking. All jokes aside, always read the label, take only as directed, and limit caffeine as it may cause real side effects. Not for children under age 12. 